When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, it is a very, very, very positive. Yes, that is multiple varies there for a Reading FC win at the Craven Cottage 2-1 yesterday. Puts us up to 14th, but that is really irrelevant. Nobody, nobody I know expected us to win that game, but we managed to do it with absolute heroics there from Ovi Ajaria. And to help me talk through it, I've been joined by Jack Killock. How are you doing? Yeah, brilliant. I mean, Sundays after a game like that, watching the clips back online over and over again, it doesn't get much better than that, does it? It is, isn't it? And we've all sat there and done that, Dave, haven't we? Also been joined by uh, Dave Stevens. How are you doing? Brilliant. After yesterday, yeah, can't can't beat a Saturday like that. No, it was the best, wasn't it? It's kind of like the unexpected away victory. And you were there, Jack, so you can talk about it more than me and uh, Dave on that kind of like the atmosphere. How was it in the away end? Yeah, the atmosphere was incredible. I, I think I said just before that, you know, even before the goal, maybe when Fulham were kind of on top, maybe the first 10 minutes, I mean, the whole away end was really in sort of fine voice and the Fulham fans were just quiet all game, like from the start, even when they got the goal back. But yeah, I don't think we stopped singing through through the whole game, to be honest. So yeah, it was excellent and yeah, just fantastic way win and atmosphere as well. Yeah, I couldn't be better. Couldn't be better. But going back to the team news, there was shocking news from Pradovich. And I think most of us thought, what is going on here? We're going to play with no striker. George Puskas comes out of the team, Dave. And uh, Junior Hoyler also comes in and Tom Holmes comes in because of the injury to Liam Moore. But I kind of like, did it work? I mean, we got the result, but I don't know. It's such a strange scenario, isn't it? To have all these players out at the moment, but we're still putting in the great performances. But what was your mood when you saw that news? I was surprised because I think that Pushkas has um, improved every game. And it certainly seems with him that confidence is all that's missing. And that seemed to be growing as well. Like you could see the reaction to his performance on on um, uh, midweek against Peterborough. Um, you you saw uh, some positives from from the QPR game. People speaking through and and like the team congratulating him afterwards and everything. Um, I think that seeing him come out just seemed like a really bad man management move. Uh, that why would you take someone out that is growing into a very important role for us. Uh, so I was a little surprised. Um, that said, obviously, um, no complaints with uh, with what Hoylet did when when he was in that position. Um, but it did seem strange that uh, you, on paper, are you saying to Fulham, we're really scared 
and you're going to come and, and attack us, so we're going to not have a striker. Um, it, it didn't seem like a very good move there. Um, and, and then Holmes was expected, so I, I, I didn't react quite as much to that one. But, yeah, that, that's kind of how I was feeling, yeah. Yeah, Tom Holmes one there. We all kind of uh, thought that one was going to come. But what was your thoughts then, uh, Jack, on kind of like the news? Did you feel that we were set for a bit of a bit of a pasting maybe because we were so defensively set up. I did. Yeah. Because I think we saw against QPR and we didn't have a recognized forward that it was just wave and wave after attack. So when I saw that Puskas obviously wasn't in the team and he's been holding up the ball well, kind of in the last two games, having a few chances, maybe not taking them, but I think as sort of Dave said, he needs that couple of weeks in the team trying to build his confidence. And I really felt that that was coming. So I was very concerned. But then saying that, I thought Hoylett was excellent. Maybe not in terms of the actual kind of direct build up to the goals, but like just one prime example in the second half, I think Tim Ream comes and like goes to win the ball. Hoylett runs, gets in front of him, wins a free kick, lies on the ground for a minute or two. And that, that just summed him up. He was really working hard up there, even though there wasn't really anyone around him for a lot of the game. So props to Hoylett. But I think for maybe home games, um, I think we probably need to go back to Puskas, but in the future, yeah, maybe against sort of those bigger teams, it may help to have that bit more pace and fluidity um, kind of throughout, sort of help hit them on the counter-attack. Yeah, I thought I'd totally agree with that. I think Hoylet gave an absolute masterclass in shithousery. He <laughs> absolutely wound up those Fulham players and probably coaches and managers to the absolute nth degree. They just didn't know how mm. to deal with him. Not because dazzling skill but he did all those horrible things that if you're playing against him you really dislike that person but if he's playing for you you like keep going <laughs> push it as far as you can because it's just killing any momentum they had but Fulham did have some great opportunities in that match let's not pretend that they didn't and probably the clearest one well one of them they did have others but was from Reed when he was put through by ex-reading player Shalaba He's got to probably score here, Dave, hasn't he? He's got open goal. He did get over the goal. He should go in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was it was a day where um, I almost tweeted, and I didn't because I'm very superstitious. And every time I tweet something, it goes wrong. Um, I almost tweeted, whoever in our fan base has put some kind of curse on the goal uh, to stop these obvious chances flying in, keep doing it because you're doing well because it, it, it was that level where there was no explanation for why that chance didn't go in and, and several others that I'm sure we'll get on to um I basically looked away I, I was sure that that one was going in let's put it that way <laughs> yeah I, I was pretty sure it was going you must have been thinking that as well there Jack because if we could see it early on we got a totally different story haven't we yeah, and I think that cross just evaded Mitrovic. I think it was just in front of him. But I think if that was Mitrovic at the back stick, I mean, he doesn't really miss headers, especially from that range. But, I mean, credit Southwood, he was he was in the right place. But, yeah, I think that was just the most important thing, just not to concede early. Um, we, were we were gradually kind of growing in confidence um, in the game. Fulham were pressing us high. But I really felt like we were able to sort of break those lines and, and sort of create some good counterattacks. So, yeah, it was, it was absolutely pivotal not to concede sort of early in that game. Yeah, thankfully we didn't. We managed to slowly get back into the game, Dave, despite, I would say, the first 10 minutes were constant Fulham pressure. Just saw the balance and maybe the kind of lack of natural striker actually working because the constant movement Fulham couldn't really get to grips with in that period mm -hmm. of time. Yeah, I think what, what stood out for me, um, especially first half yesterday, was how many... Um, 
kind of like the, the classic triangles of passing. Um, so Swift, uh, Halilovic, and Ajaria were just really close to each other, just keeping it moving between each other. And Fulham just didn't seem to know what to do with that because they, by the time they closed the man down, he passed it. And then you got Hoyler in there as well, um, also contributing to that. And it just kind of changed away from what we've seen in, in recent weeks um, that you can imagine if we haven't seen it as fans, if you're doing the, uh, the, the tactical preparation for playing against Reading, I don't think you're setting up for that because we haven't been doing that. Um, and I think that kind of speed of movement, constant uh, switching up of where players were. So Ajaria was on the left and Swift was kind of more middle and then uh, Halilovic, uh, uh, I can't say it now. It's been, so many people have been talking about how it's been pronounced. I've forgotten. Um, Halilovic out on the right, but uh, oftentimes they were within like 10, 15 yards of each other on one side of the field. And then the next minute, it's the other side of the field. And I think that really um, kept, kept Fulham thinking. It changed the, uh, uh, changed the game around. Yeah, I, I totally. We had managed to have our first shot on target, kind of from uh, Delo Bashiru. Um, it was never going to go in this one, uh, Jack, but it showed some kind of intent, didn't it? Definitely. Well, I think we were showing kind of a fair amount of promise. And, and like like Dave was saying, those sort of those sort of triangles, I thought we were really brave on the ball in the first half because Fulham were pushing us so high, but actually we were playing quite risky passes, but the players in the middle had the confidence to do that. And it meant they were kind of breaking the lines. And yeah, it's just, it is a breath of fresh air to have another person in that midfield who's willing to take a shot and at least kind of test the keeper and and at least give them something to think about rather than, you know, kind of trying to create the perfect chance. You know, it, it gives the kind of defence and the goalkeeper more to think about. Maybe they sit off us, it kind of opens up different gaps and opportunities. So it was good to see us getting some kind of shots and chances away. Yeah. Totally. Um, then some bloke called Ovi Ajaria decided he was going to torture the Fulham players again. I don't know what it is. I said this, I was on another podcast and talking about this. He just seems to love playing there. I watched the highlights of the goal, the, the second goal, Charlie Adam, when we played there last time and won. And he just kills their right back, absolutely destroys them. And yet again, an absolutely amazing finish. I mean, we know he can do this, Dave, but... If he could do it a little bit more often, it would be he wouldn't be at Reading. He'd be in the Premier League. But what ability. And just to get that the power and in the top corner, just fantastic. Yeah, it, it was some finish. Uh, I, I have a theory about Ovi Ajaria and why he plays well in games like this. And um, it's not really backed by any science, but he grew up in a Premier League academy. Um, at Liverpool, he, he learned certain things uh, against a certain style of play, uh, Premier League quality. Fulham set up like a Premier League team and they play like a Premier League team. I almost feel like that plays into how he is used to playing. So it's no surprise that when we go to a place like Fulham, he has a wonderful day. And 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 that first goal yesterday um, pretty much had a bit of everything. So it, the movement was great to get in there. Um, the way he sets himself with a shot is very good. And then he, if I remember correctly, puts it kind of through a screen of two players. So the keeper's got no chance of seeing it as well. Um, and then, yeah, just the technique to be able to hit it like that. Thoroughly enjoyed uh, watching that one go in. And completely unexpected as well. When he, when he shapes the shoot, you're not necessarily thinking this is going in. And, and yeah, what more could you ask for? 
Well, he does deliver a bit more later on, which I think was more to me. Didn't want to do any spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is quite <laughs> incredible. But Jack, the whole move starts with uh, Josh Lawrence breaking up mm. and then Halevich moving up the pitch. Now, that kind of like pass that he plays to John Swift, it looks simple, but if he overhits it slightly, it slows the momentum. And it's just a combination of it's just lovely passing, isn't it? And moving and not panicking. Yeah, it was quick, clinical, composed from from everyone involved, and it was just so slick. I don't. I think in terms of, I know that for the second goal, maybe the final pass and finish was better. In terms of team move, that's definitely the best goal we've scored this season. In terms of contributions from multiple players, and it was just, it was top quality. Every single player involved, it was just top top quality. And yeah, Halilovic, he's brilliant at kind of bringing it in from that kind of like right-hand side coming in, kind of creating an option, playing through those pass. You, you know he's top quality. You know, he's, he's been in kind of amazing academies previously. Um, it's maybe his defensive side, which lets him down. But in terms of going forwards, he's, he's just top, top class. And yeah, Swift, the little slide ball to Ajari. And we, everyone knows how amazing Ajari is in terms of his footwork, his skills. But, you know, it's just his end product. And it was just fantastic to see him kind of delivering that yesterday. And it's taken him a couple of games to get up to speed, which, you know, is understandable. He's been injured and either, you know, isolating or potentially had COVID. We don't know. But it's just it's just excellent to see him kind of deliver that that final pass or shot. And hopefully he can really take that forward with him now for the kind of next couple of games and the rest of the season. Yeah, I love the fact that John Swift gets a cheeky assist there. He's basically not done much. <laughs> he's just like, he just look at the stats and it's like, oh, he's assisted another one. But no, absolutely a fantastic one there. But John Swift had another opportunity to increase his goal record this season from a free kick. I thought he was going to score here, Dave. This is not any kind of like criticism of John Swift because he's been incredible. But the form he's in, you just think this is going to go in. But sadly not from a free kick. Yeah, it didn't quite go in. Um, when when it when he was lining up, like you, I was like, "Ah, oh, brilliant! This is going to be a, a great goal." Uh, just because of recent weeks, you know, and we know what he can do in the past, but like recent weeks, he's on one there. Uh, Pauno even calling out his like natural talent for free kicks uh, in, in an interview. But um, as it went in uh, in real time, I thought, "Oh, he's he shanked that. That's gone miles wide. So, like that, that's a shame." Um, but you see the the replay, and uh, it wasn't that far away, like a couple of inches maybe. And, um, you know, if we'd have got another one in a similar range, I reckon he would have scored the next one. But they learned their lesson after that. They remembered how good he was at free kicks, and they didn't bring anyone down in that area. Yeah, thankfully. Um, the last couple of minutes of that first half, particularly scary, Jack. It must have been horrible there in the away end because... <laughs> We, they managed to hit the bar twice there, Fulham. Uh, sorry, hit the bar and the post. But the one from Mitrovic in particular, you think he's got to score there. And bring up exactly what you mentioned just a moment ago against uh, Halovic, his defensive qualities. He gets caught out quite badly there, doesn't he? Mm. I was certain they were going to score. I mean, like you said, not only the second one, but the first one, just the mix-up between, obviously, Southwood, he's only played a couple of games, him or Rahman, one of them simply has to go for it. Either Rahman smack out for a corner or Southwood just has to die for it. And it just almost seems like, watching from the away, and it was almost just slow motion as it sort of came across the box. Everyone's thinking, like, who's going to get to this? And then when he really got it and it hit the post, everyone like was massive, massive sigh of relief and... I mean, yeah, that, that second chance. My brother had gone down to like get the drinks at half time. He came, we went down. It's oh god, thankfully one nil. Oh, fine. I was like, 
they should have scored two a minute ago. That that second chance, like not only just hitting the bar, but it just seemed just to roll in just the one position with some two mm. Fulham players where they couldn't get to it. I was thinking, I was thinking for certain one of them was going to tap it in, but it just rolled like thankfully between both of them. We managed to get it away. But yeah, I was writing some notes ready for this, and I think probably like two or three minutes before that, I was thinking, yeah, quite, you know, probably a deserved lead. And I was thinking, oh my God, they, they definitely should have scored on the stroke of half time. And, you know, that would have completely changed the game and kind of the outlook of the whole match. You need a little bit of luck, don't you, Jack? Because if you don't have that, you don't get those kind of wins with the kind of squad that we've got at the moment. And you're totally right. It just falls to Morrison. He just manages to get it clear a little bit. And if it goes to a Fulham player, one or half time, we're all deflated, aren't we? And the pressure massively on us and it's kind of, where are we going to go? Are we going to sit or are you going to put Puskas on? The pressure builds on Paul now. <sighs> we don't have to worry about that, though, do we, Dave? Because it all came good. It all came good. I expected so much more from Fulham in the second half, though, Dave, because they came out, but not really firing. And I, they weren't quite as impressive as I thought they were going to be. Yeah, I think um, the way the game went uh, was the cause of that. So, I mean, Fulham have been great this year. Like, they're they're a very good team. They've had some shaky results here and there, so they're not perfect. But um, if you if you think about that game, um, we did play very well. Uh, one of our best performances for a while. But it wasn't like we dominated them and and put them to shame. Um, we rode our luck many times, and I think that the flip side of that is for Fulham, they're getting chance after chance after chance, and they're not getting blocked by a great tackle necessarily, and they're not necessarily um, having a great save from the goalkeeper. Although we'll come on to Southwood, I'm sure he was he was very good yesterday, and he did make some great saves. Um, a lot of times they were not scoring through their own mistakes. And I think that started to play on them. Like, well, we're getting into these positions and we're not scoring. What do we do? And then they tried to quickly change something. And I think that is where we saw more of a disjointed um, kind of attack from them, uh, leading to uh, obviously a good outcome for us. Yeah, I'm sure Fulham are going to do pretty well this season. I'd be amazed if they don't finish in the uh, top two. But Jack, then Oviajari just, outclasses himself with the second goal. Now, for me, just that moment with the touch that takes mm. it down and spins, has he got some kind of device that magically attaches the ball to his foot? I don't know how he does this, but it's incredible, isn't it? And in the away, it must have been amazing to see it, because when you see it live, you don't appreciate how good it is, maybe. But watching it, it's just sensational, isn't it? Mm, I'm not sure I've ever seen a goal like it, to be honest. I mean, as we're saying, Halilovic, he was brilliant yesterday, sort of charging down. And that sort of ball kind of floated in the air. And then not only kind of just the touch, but he was holding off Adoy as well. He's quite a strong defender, that touch. And then just the instant left foot finish. It was absolute bedlam in the away end because I don't think people quite believe what they've just seen. Just the quality of the, the touch, the finish, absolutely sensational. And obviously, you know, you know, tune it up. We're actually everyone starts believing at that moment that hang on a minute, we've got a real chance of like hanging on to this lead and kind of winning the game. It was just absolutely fantastic, and you know, Ajari are even cracking a smile after that goal and and at the final whistle. It was amazing to sort of see you know that performance and that, and him sort of bringing out the emotion as well. It's just fantastic. It's just great. I think to that see the um, sorry, Paul. The the thing that really got me about that well, two things, I guess, but that. Uh, pass in from 
Halilovic. It's a great assist and a great ball, but it only works if Ajari is on the end of it. Like, I don't think we have another player that could have dealt with that ball and done something with it. So it's great vision, great idea, but it needed... So if, if Ajari hadn't been on the pitch and there was another player in that position, it probably would have gone out and everyone would have been like, why is Halilovic doing that? You know, that, that's the kind of quality that we saw there is like two really like great players doing something mm -hmm. special. And then I think the other thing about that goal, and, and I didn't see it in real time, but I saw, um, I think it was Tom, Tom Light on Twitter uh, pointed it out. You watch the replay back and when the, the goal goes in, Halilovic drops to the ground, like just pure passion. He's so happy they've scored it. And as he says, like we haven't had a player like that for a, for a bit. Like just, just you want players like that that are just so excited. And uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. The celebration is fantastic, and you, you don't really notice that at all. And just yeah, the passion from all the players yesterday was incredible, and we needed it in the last forty three minutes of that game because Fulham came at us a lot, cross after cross. I was surprised by that kind of tactic. From them so much i know they've got mitrovic is obviously fantastic in the air but defensively we were possibly vulnerable we had uh laurent there playing as center back who i thought was excellent considering he's not a center back at all drink water playing his first match in i don't know how long not for not for a long time and i don't think they really stepped up as much as they could for a good 25 minutes but those last 15 minutes they were horrible, Jack. I, I did not enjoy them at mm. all. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that's the one thing to point out about just about yesterday's performance. I, it wasn't just kind of the defensive solidity, but we were winning so many first and second balls and really going in for the challenges and not just kind of stupidly, but just we were playing so smart, kind of the game management and just the desire was absolutely fantastic. And like you say, Lawrence slotting into centre-back, when that, when that happened in the first half, I was thinking... God, you know, is he is he going to get all right here? Because obviously, he, Mitrovic was obviously pulling on him because he's, you know, he knows he's probably going to win a header against him better than Morrison. But I thought Lauren was absolutely excellent. And one thing he did as well is when passes went into Mitrovic, he was on him straight away. He gave him no time to kind of think or anything like that. But yeah, when they brought on the second striker, I can't remember his name, but they were just kind of really pumping it into the box. And th that was causing us problems. We all know that we kind of struggle from kind of balls into the box, set pieces like that. So they were putting us under real pressure. But I thought we did well to to cope with it for as long as we did, to be honest. Um, obviously, you know, they did kind of break the deadlock a bit a bit further on. But I thought we did fantastic to kind of keep it at 2-0 for till the 80th minute, really. Yeah, it was key. If we really conceded, oh, say, 60th minute, not long after we'd uh, scored, like we did against QPR, not that long ago. And we also conceded pretty... Quickly after we scored the second one against Peterborough uh, in the week as well. But it wasn't until the 82nd minute until Southwood decided that he was going to make a major play in this game. He's like, I'm here. I'm now available to be uh, adored, basically, isn't he? And his save there from Mitrovic was the start of that day, wasn't it? Yeah, he, he, he had a number of key contributions in that last 10, 15 minutes where we were under a lot of pressure. And I think... The, the two things that stood out for me with, with Southwood is obviously he's a little less experienced than, than uh, Rafa, um, but he didn't let that show. Um, he was pretty assured. He was coming up and claiming crosses. He was making good stops like this one. And I think the, the other pieces, a couple of times uh, he collided with uh, Mitrovic. Mitrovic was making sure he knew he was there. 
but he never got rattled by it. Uh, throughout the game, whenever there was a chance to compete for the ball, Mitrovic made sure that Southwood <laughs> felt his presence, shall we say. Um, but as the game wore on, that wasn't in his head. And I think that that mental strength is probably what sets him apart from a lot of other um, more green keepers, uh, shall we say. Yeah, he looks like he wants to be there. And in his first couple of appearances, he slightly well, concerned me. Uh, in the Huddersfield game, last game of last season, but in these two games when he's played, he's looked a slightly different player. Maybe, I don't know, I'm just guessing, maybe he's seen a psychologist. I know lots of footballers are doing that now and believing that you should be there. I know Tom McIntyre did that. Uh, it's been put out there, hasn't it? So I don't know what it is, but he, he looks more convincing. He did have a couple of flaps, but if you're going to have a goalkeeper that's going to come for a lot of crosses, they're not going to get every single one. At least you know where you stand. If you're going to have a goalie that's always going to be on the line, I think that causes more problems. But in the 86th minute, we do concede a goal. Munez scores for Fulham and Mitrovic has the setup. But I don't think we can blame Southwood in any way for that goal. It's just inevitable if you put that many crosses in, Jack, at some point they're going to score one. Yeah, and like, like I said, you know, Mitrovic and the other guys up there with him, they were fantastic in the air. So, and, you know, when the, when the cross comes in, back post, that has been a weakness for us. Obviously, we conceded there against Peterborough, and it's a bit of a different situation. But in a lot of games, there's someone free at the back post, and something kind of has to be done about that. But yeah, in terms of Southwood, headed back across, he's kind of going towards the ball. You know, he, he can do absolutely nothing about that. And I, I thought he was really composed throughout the game, like Dave was saying, not just in terms of the saves, but also in possession as well. There were a lot of times where they were recycling the ball back to him and he was managing to find good passes out or his distribution was, was very good as well. And there was only, I think only once or twice it went kind of straight out. And as we know from Raphael recently, his, his distribution hasn't been hasn't been fantastic. So yeah, I thought, I thought Southwood was excellent. And for me, there's no reason why he shouldn't be starting against Middlesbrough. And, you know, we know Raf is out of contract at the end of the season. Southwood's going to be with us for a longer period. If he continues putting in any of these performances, I'd love for him to stay in the team. Yeah, I absolutely uh, agree with all of that. He's got to be playing, hasn't he? I don't see how Raphael can come back into the team, especially after he makes that kind of match-winning save against Onomar in the 93rd minute. Now, some people might say, oh, he's hit that straight at him. But what reflexes, though, Dave? I mean, that is a game-changing moment. That's surely going to give him so much confidence. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a fantastic save. If you watch the, the angle from behind the goal, you can see that the striker literally rolls his man and is directly facing south with no one in between. And the distance apart... I mean, I'm I can't I'm not measuring tape out or anything, but it's six to eight feet at most probably. So if anyone's sitting there saying it's straight at him, cool. Go in your backyard, uh, get get in front of a wall, a brick wall, kick a ball at it, and then stop it. Right, it's not going to happen. Um, the also, make sure they're a professional footballer. The yeah, yeah. you need to hit it very, very hard as it's well. It's slightly yeah. different to the average person, isn't it? Very much so. So it's like the fact that he can. First of all, he's moving towards the ball because he's coming out to close the man down. Uh, he manages to stick out a hand. The reflexes are very fast, but they're not only stick out a hand, but push it away from the striker. He's right in front of him. If, if that comes straight back to the striker, sticks a knee out, it goes past him again. So I think it's a, it's a very, very good save. And if I'm Luke Southwood, which I'm not, as anyone that's met me will tell you, but if I am him, Last night, I'm watching that on repeat and I'm just getting so much confidence from it. 
just sending it to random people the videos have you seen this i I did something today i did something yeah it was quite good yeah i quite enjoyed it i love the fact they heard him after the match and he's saying it was the first time he's ever felt exhausted after 90 minutes it's kind of like the physical work and the pressure he puts on himself and the mental exhaustion i would expect jack because that's such a big big game for him isn't it yeah, and I think I think he said to, he said to Tim after the game, you know, in the first half with kind of the support behind him, it was fantastic. But that second half with kind of the home crowd on his back, chance after chance, you know, I can imagine, like you know, like you say, it's not just kind of physically, um, kind of difficult. It's mentally draining as well to be kind of concentrating for that period of time and to just be alert. So yeah, it was just, it was just brilliant. Um, and yeah, he, he's got to start against Middlesbrough. He just has to. Yeah, totally. And also on a very slightly going off tangent, Tim brought up that we're playing at the SCL and Luke is so naive with these media things. Went, yeah, it does sound a bit weird, doesn't it? That because <laughs> I shouldn't really be saying that, but I love that. I love that. In fact, he's kind of like, I, I think that's, it's why we like him though. Like he's, hmm. he, you know, he's a local lad. He's young. He's, he's clearly he's just Oxford, so excited. Dave. He's from Oxford. That's still local, Paul. That's better. Imagine if he if he grew up in Oxford and he was like, no, I'm not playing for this lot. I'm going to, to Reading. That's a, that's a bonus. I'm putting that in the positive column. Yeah. <laughs> I am, but I can't call it local. I just can't. Local's like, oh, I don't know. Let's not go into a long list there. But um, yep. definitely yep. not Oxford. That's in the bin. Gone. Doesn't exist. But... <laughs> Fantastic to see that we've got the points, but there's one little thing that I just want to mention today is that, yeah, we have won, and that was fantastic, amazing win. But those substitutions, can Panovic learn to make a substitution at least 10 minutes earlier, Jack? Because he stresses me out, and I know the quality wasn't great on the bench yesterday, but you've got to have some faith in those players because... He does it so many times. He does it so many times. And it wasn't just yesterday. I find his substitutions baffling. Mm, I think one one person in particular had to come off early was Lilovic. Um, because he was not tracking his man. From like the 75th minute onwards, he was losing his man. He was tired. He was not winning any of his challenges. And those overloads down the left-hand side, I thought Robinson, who was the left-back, was excellent, kind of up and down with Caviero. That's, that is a fierce left-hand side. I think Lulovic had to come off earlier. But the one thing I would say is, as soon I, I was glad that as soon as Fulham scored, he got them on straight away. Because that kind of, Gave us, first of all, a little bit of respite. I thought Tetek was excellent in, in terms of um, kind of getting down that side and kind of covering Robinson and kind of getting back. So I was glad that he got them on kind of as soon as, soon as the goal went in. But I do agree that maybe one or two, maybe one sub should have been made earlier. But I, as I said earlier, I did I do think Hoylet was excellent. And I, I know it's only two or three minutes, but I don't think Puskas was putting the same kind of pressure on the defenders and the defensive midfielders. So... I, th- I think, he, yeah, a bit earlier potentially, but just glad that he actually did get two subs on after the goal because in other games he may have just left it. Yeah, we won anyway. And that is all that matters, isn't it? It's three points. We get, yet again beat Fulham. Another massive club in London that kind of slightly love themselves. So <laughs> we will have Middlesbrough next week at the uh, SCL. I mention it now. Um, our record against them is not great, not great at all at the Medeski. I'm just going to say, mix that in there now. So, Dave, quick prediction on scoreline, and that's it. Uh, ooh, it's 
tough one. Uh, one one. Oh, Dave, Dave. I feel Sorry. like I'm blated. I mean, I don't go blated. I know. I, d- I don't want to go negative, but you know, I also don't want to get carried away. We did well yesterday, but we rode our luck. Um, there's still work to be done. Uh, and Barra, I guess, what, like you say, we haven't got a great record against them. I couldn't tell you the scores, but I just don't feel like we've had a good record against them. And uh, it just seems like we can't have too many nice things. So, yeah, 1-1. One, one. <laughs> and Colin is back in the building, Jack, isn't he? And that's always an issue for us, isn't it? We don't have a great record against them in the last few years. No, we don't. But they've started the season very poorly, haven't they? And I saw that they were 1-0 up against Blackpool in the first half. And I thought, you know, maybe they're going to get get three points and then you know Blackpool come back and beat them 2-1 so I'm feeling a bit more confident I I think we'll win 2-1 but I definitely think against a team that likes long throws corners we're going to concede at least one so yeah 2-1 for me yeah that's uh, a good point there Jack I'm going to go for I'm going to go for a 3-0 win I just think we're going to get a clean sheet that is based on nothing but absolute blind faith and I want to finish the podcast. So cheers. Thanks a lot for listening. And we'll be back with a preview show hosted by Matt Wellinson on Friday. See ya.